You're listening to Hurt at Sports Radio. Front court right, going to try another three. No good off the back rim right. Rebounded, clanging, crushes it. The ball came loose, and the big man delivered. Newton sprints to the front court, pitches it over to Diara. Diara holds, gives back to Newton, he'll try another three. Got it! Oh, back-to-back jacks by T. New. Oh, light it up, baby. Let's go. Wrapping up hour number two here on Herd at Sports Radio, AM 590, ESPN Omaha, ESPN Tri-Cities. We're live on Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube as well. That's DB. I'm Ravi Lula. want to tell you real quick before we get to Dom here that you need to make sure you get over to supernovas.com to get tickets for the Omaha Supernovas next match. That's not till March 14th is their next home match. So you got a little time here. Got lots of time to buy tickets. I expect a nice big crowd. Let's break another record for pro volleyball here in Omaha. That is March 14th at 7 p.m. CHI Health Center. Schedule, tickets, you can get gear as well. Everything over at supernovas.com. Joining us now on the Warhorse Sportsbook Hotline from the Hartford Current covering Connecticut sports is Dom Amore. Dom, how are you this morning? Good, Rob. How are you? Good, good. Hey, good, good, good morning, Dom. You ready for this one? Yeah, about as ready as I'm going to be. <laughs> so, yeah, it, it, should be, it should be a good one. I mean, both teams playing playing uh, their best basketball right now, right? I mean, uh, Creighton's on a roll, and UConn has been on a roll for a while. So it, it should be, uh, you know, two hot, not only two really good teams, but two hot teams. Dom, you mentioned UConn on a roll. Obviously, they've got the long winning streak, but they've also coming off of a dominant performance against Marquette. What have you seen from this team in this most recent stretch that's impressed you the most? Well, the thing that really that really impresses you is that they seem to be able to win games uh, any way that they need to win or any way that the other team forces them to, to play it. Uh, they've won some rock fights. Uh, they've won some with some beautiful basketball. They've won some slow tempo. They've won some up-tempo. They've won with uh, their big men having big games. They've won with their guards having big games. And, you know, they, they've won with depth, and they've won without depth. So they've, they've really been able to handle anything that's thrown at them and throw everything but the kitchen sink at their opponents. And it's very rare. <clears throat> I guess what all that amounts to is they're, they're a very complete team. They're not... There isn't any one thing you could try to take away and, and, and necessarily expect to beat them with it. Dom, it seems like for the last maybe week and a half, and this is before, this is preceding the big time matchup. On this show, we were making different cases for, for different players of the year, and obviously Tristan comes up a ton uh, for his role and kind of being the catalyst for UConn. But do you look at that as a little bit of a, a wild card tonight that so many different pieces play a role in UConn's success that on the road in a game like this tonight, you may need a definitive clear-cut path if it gets down to crunch time. Well, I think if it does get if it does get down to crunch time, uh, it's probably going to be it's going to be Newton who's going to have the ball, and it's maybe a question as to whether he or Spencer shoots it. Uh, so I like that. Comes down, yeah, so if it comes down to that, 
you know, the, it, it's going to be in Newton's hands, and it couldn't be in better hands. I mean, he, he was the point guard on a national championship team, and he's been the point guard all the way through here. So, you know, you don't know what kind of stats he's going to have throughout the course of the game. They they vary somewhat, although I think he's been the most consistently productive player that they've had. But, uh, you know, if it comes down to crunch time, he's going to have the ball. We're talking with Dom Amore of the Hartford Current. Dom, I'm curious, you know, I, I had some questions about this UConn team coming into the season. Obviously, they lost some major contributors from last year's national championship team, but they actually look better, at least through this point of the season, than they did last year. I know they got on that really good roll late, but they've kind of looked from start to finish like a better version of last year's team. Did you see this coming with as much production as they lost last year? Well, I didn't see them being better. Uh, I saw them being really good again. I saw them being in the hunt. I think part of that is I think maybe the Big East isn't quite at the level that it was last year when Mm. they lost six out of eight uh, conference games in January. It looked like it was heading that way when they lost at Seton Hall in their first conference game. But... Uh, yeah, to, to your point, to lose three NBA players, three guys go to the NBA, uh, and still be anywhere near as good, let alone uh, better, uh, at least record-wise, is, is a pretty remarkable achievement and something that uh, is yet another new feather uh, in Dan Hurley's cap as far as what he's able to do to build a pro- program, stack uh, recruiting classes on top of the other. You know, the players who came back uh, got better. Uh, the, the freshmen that he's brought in have been have, have been useful. Certainly, Stefan Castle's been useful as a freshman of the week in the league. Uh, I think seven out of the last eight. And Spencer is kind of the key. I mean, you didn't know what he was going to be like, but obviously, uh, he's a very very well chosen transfer uh, coming in from Rutgers. He's been really a big difference maker. So they were able to bring in the people uh, to replaced much of what they lost, and then the people that came back got better. And that, that made a difference. And, you know, if uh, Klingon didn't get hurt for a bit and Castle didn't get hurt for a bit, they might be undefeated. Hmm. Uh, so that's, that's how good they've been. Tom, let me ask you something. It, it, do you look – is there an advantage when you look at part two and, and how physically dominant UConn was – uh, in the old gym the first time around this year against Creighton versus part two and getting to make adjustments. Do you give an advantage to one coach, Hurley or Coach Mack, in terms of based on what happened and the way the first game was played as having an advantage? Well, I think what we've uh, seen you know, over the last couple of years, I think any gap between those two has probably been closed. I mean, the way UConn's performed over the last you know, year or so and, and, and the adjustments that they've made and the way uh, you know, uh, Dan Hurley has prepared them, I don't think you can really put him at a disadvantage anymore against any coach, including Hall of Famers. But certainly he's had a lot of trouble uh, beating uh, you know, uh, MAC teams in the past and uh, with good reason because he's a heck of a coach. Mm-hmm. So I would say that... You know, maybe if you asked me that question a year ago, I would say there'd be a, an advantage for Creighton. And now I think any advantage that there might have been is, is probably closed up between those two. But to speak to your point, 
you know, certainly Creighton's at home. Certainly they have last game to look at. Certainly they're playing better now. Uh, so, you know, I would expect UConn to have to have a very to have a tough time in this game. I mean, of, of the of the games that they have remaining, this is probably the the the, the game that they would have the you know the best chance of losing because I think this is probably the toughest team and the toughest situation that they're going to face. Uh, you know, I'm mean, obviously they have to go to Marquette again, but I think this is going to this this is going to be a tough game for UConn. I would be very surprised if this game goes like the last Creighton game or like what we saw on Saturday. Dom, as you you know, obviously are very familiar with this UConn team, as you've seen Creighton and UConn matchup before. Is there anything you think Creighton has kind of at their disposal that would give UConn the most trouble tonight? Well, you know, I, I think the key for them, you know, Cal Brenner didn't play great last time, oh. um, and and uh, it was it was Klingon's first game back, and he played very well. Uh, in, in, a, in a limited amount of time, he figures to play more minutes tonight. But I think the possibility that they could get both Klingon and uh, Johnson in foul trouble uh, would certainly uh, would certainly be an issue. Uh, that they could get them both in foul trouble if you know Kalkbrenner's not in foul trouble, then that would be obviously uh, something that that they could exploit. So I would imagine they would try to go at at UConn early and try to get those big guys in foul trouble if they can. Uh, last, you know, against Marquette, uh, Klingon didn't have any fouls the whole game, 17 and 10 with no fouls, which is pretty amazing. But we also, at St. John's at the Garden, he got into foul trouble and so did, so did Johnson, and UConn had to go with a very, very small lineup. So I think if they could somehow force UConn into a smaller lineup than they want to go with, and that would, that would tilt uh, the advantage to create. Uh, Dom, let me get you out on this uh, topically with UConn and its its evolution, especially with Ollie being the interim in, in Brooklyn mm-hmm. now. What's enabled Hurley to get out of kind of the Calhoun – listen, the easy answer is a national championship, <laughs> but he kind of endeared himself to Calhoun early, something that it was yeah. was tough transitioning from Calhoun. What's What's been then the secret sauce, do you think – for Hurley to establish his own independence as this being his program? Well, I think when you replace a coach like Jim Calhoun, uh, it's always better to be the guy that replaces the guy. (laughs) History history shows us that. You know, my very first uh, go-around covering major beats with the Giants when Ray Handley was replacing Bill Parcells. and It was a lot easier for the guy that came after that. and I imagine it'll be a lot easier in New England for the guy that comes after Jared Mayo to replace Bill Belichick. I think so. I think part of it is that um, you know Kevin Ollie took over at a time when UConn was on top. His job was to keep them on top, and he did a really good job of that for a couple of years. But when it fell off, it was on him. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, Dan Hurley came in. The program had two losing seasons. Things were going really downward. Uh, he was certainly helped by the move to the business space. Uh, that 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 made it a little bit easier. Although they they were on the right track before that. Mm. But I I just think that that there was a lot there was a lot less pressure on him than there was going to be on on whoever replaced Calhoun directly. And as you saw, even having that, you know, normally winning a national championship would buy you a few years. <laughs> But it just didn't buy Kevin Ollie in years. Um, <laughs> not some of it was just, I mean, I don't want to, you know, he wasn't a victim, some of it was his own fault. 
but I just I just think that um, that that Dan Hurley came into a situation that was tailor made for Dan Hurley. He likes to, as he says, get under the hood and fix things, mm. uh, and that's what he had. And and the fortunate thing was he wasn't getting under the hood of an old jalopy. He was getting <laughs> under under the hood of a, of a of a Ferrari. You know, the parts are harder to get, and it's a little more complicated. But it was right up his alley to fix that and get it humming again. That's Dom Amore from the Hartford Current. Dom, thanks so much for joining us, and uh, enjoy the game tonight. All right, you got it, man. Take care, guys. Thanks, Dom. We've got Matt DeMarinas coming up next on Her Sports Radio.